like how to get elite athletes is to start them young, yeah. right? So you gotta have like a big, a big pool of potential uh, crossfitters, yeah. young crossfitters that might evolve into elite level athlete. Yeah. And um, it'll be awesome to see um, that the, the youth in CrossFit grows in Germany. Welcome to the Escapist Corner. This is a podcast where we talk about lifestyle, sport, and entrepreneurship. We hope this can give you some inspiration to your daily life and also make you some good ideas um, based on where you are in your life. We're going to talk to uh, successful businessmen, coaches, sportsmen, athletes, doctors, what have you. Uh, please feel free to uh, look at our homepage, escapistcorner.com. There you find the, the links to Instagram and Facebook. Happy listening! Are we rolling? Yeah. Rolling. Right. So uh, welcome to the Escapist Corner. Uh, today we have an honorable guest in our studio, CrossFit Studio Box. box. Yeah. It's the only studio uh, box uh, in Germany that we know. <laughs> box studio, studio box. I don't yeah. Know. Studio box. Studio box. So uh, where we do recordings, uh, we play music. No, we don't. Um, but a lot of music for the guys who are training in here. Uh, today we welcome um, a guy from from Germany. Uh, I think uh, second German guest, or no third third, third German third. guest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. First is Ellie. Then we had Yanis, and now yeah. we have Ben. Ben, Benedict. Okay. Benedict. Nice to have you here, Benedict. Your, your, uh, yeah. We we have a lot of uh, things to talk about. I think uh, you are the founder or the 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 the, the holder of uh, the German Throwdown, or and uh, the how do you say? Director uh, of the director of managing director managing director of German Throwdown, and. Um, yeah, we're very happy to have you here in our box. Uh, we, before this, we uh, we had a nice lunch together uh, at Tommy's Burger. Uh, so we both, uh, all three of us, love burgers. So <laughs> it's a good start. Um, so um, where where do we start? Uh, well, we have a, first of all, thanks for having me. Yeah. And. Um, Yes, that's right. I'm not the founder of the Germ Throwdown. Yeah. I'm the managing director now and, and the owner of the company that runs the Germ Throwdown. Yeah. But I'm not the founder. How do you get to uh, the German Throwdown first? And then probably how do you get into CrossFit? What was the steps that guide someone, Benedict, from Wiesbaden to just say, okay, you know what? I want to run the German Throwdown. Yeah. What's the story behind that? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I want to start with how I got into CrossFit. And um, there was actually, it was just fitness training for, um, I used to be like on a really high level, on amateur level, a golf player. Okay. And I actually started using CrossFit as my fitness program in the States. That's how, how I got into CrossFit and, and I absolutely loved the sport. And that's when I decided, hey, okay, I want to open my own, own box. I didn't open a box in the end, but when I came back in 2015, I wanted to. And in the process of opening a box, I got to learn the, the previous owner, the founder of the German program. Okay. Mm. 
and um, we were in contact and he told me, yeah, like, I want to sell it. And um, because I thought it's really interesting, we kept talking and then we got together and I, I took over the German program. Uh, that was 2015, so you started running the throwdown for 2016, that was last year's. Exactly, program. so I took over in the end in May 2016. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, um, we're going to go more into to the event uh, and to the throwdown, but um, really interesting with the, with the uh, exchange in your handicap in, in golf to the handicap in, in, in CrossFit. Yeah. Um, what was your handicap in golf? My handicap was plus three. Plus three. Yeah, so below zero for yeah. the non, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for the it. people who are not too comfortable or not uh, too familiar with golf handicap. Mm -hmm. You start at minus and then you go to zero and then below zero. Yeah, that's very good. Um, so actually you have to add strokes. But, uh, yeah. But yeah, to, to be able to, to compete with someone exactly. like our level yeah. at golf. Yeah. Uh, did you play golf? Sorry? I still play golf? I still play golf. I still play in the Bundesliga um, on a pretty good level. Um, I was actually on the verge on turning pro in golf. Uh, I didn't do it in the end. Um, but yeah, I, I played a lot of golf in, in my previous years and, and I'm lucky that I got pretty good at it. Yeah. I, th I think that's one of the first stories I've heard anyone going from golf to CrossFit, actually. Yeah, I, I get I get a lot of raised eyebrows when I tell the story because yeah. it's really unusual. Yeah, no, it's 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 fun. We we've been uh, we've been training at a golf facility here in Berlin, also trying to get those also into. But uh, but it's CrossFit. not it's not that um, I mean. The more professional the sport gets, and the more the edge of where the golfers really get to need to get like a distinguish between yeah. all the guys. I mean, everyone that plays in the pro level uh, can mm -hmm. strike the I don't know how many yards on yeah. on, a, with a, uh, on that initial shot. Everyone can has, but where do you start doing the small adaptations that would lead you to just leapfrog the competition? I think if you see Roy McIlroy, I mean, he just follows a kind of functional fitness routine. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's one guy that's a power shooter in golf, and he just uh, mixes it with CrossFit. Mm. So I think there's a lot of, like you say, fit, CrossFit at the end is for every sport. It just helps yeah. you build something uh, <laughs> into everything. I would like to see the golf wad going on. A golf yeah. wad? Yeah, it's like 100 shots, and then 10 burpees in between, and 100 shots. No, but but I mean, then it really, 10, it really 10 plots. I mean, the more professional it gets, yeah. the more professional you have to be in training golf, no? For sure. I mean, it's all started with Tiger Woods. I think yeah. Tiger Woods is a name for everybody. Yeah. And he was pretty much the first golfer who had like a strict fitness routine. Yeah. And I mean, he was obliterating uh, the competition over like, I don't know, 10 to 15 years. Yeah. And like all the young guys who started cross it just of Tiger Woods, mm. they, they grew up doing golf with fit fitness. Yeah. Um, same for me. And nowadays everybody does that's fitness yeah. on the highest level yeah. in golf. Yeah, exactly. But do you have that? Have you done that kind of routine anytime where you have, because you're kind of on a really high uh, stress level in your body, if you would do like 100 burpees and then you have to, you know, hit some drives or do some putting, because putting is more or less more really where you also have to control. Uh, yeah, so like it doesn't make too much sense to really combine a CrossFit workout with golf yeah. 
because um, you really need to be like like calm to really play well in golf. Yeah. Like you shouldn't have a hard high heart rate. No. And all, all those uh, things. So to really train with a high heart rate doesn't make sense because you can actually worsen your technique. Um, but like to do it separately, to really have like those peaks, yeah. uh, which we have in CrossFit with the heart rate, yeah. is really helpful for golf. Because for example, um, if you play like a really hilly course mm. and you step on a, you go up a steep incline yeah. and your heart rate is up, yeah. it's good to have like in comparison a lower heart rate right. to make a better shot for the, for the next golf shot you have. Yeah. So separately it makes sense in, in combination, it doesn't make sense. Where else do you see where do you see the biggest adaptations that you can take from CrossFit to the golf course? So there's a huge adaptation in Olympic weightlifting to cross uh, to golf okay. because um, obviously a good hip extension mm. and to be stable in the lower body is really important in weightlifting, mm -hmm. and that's the exact same thing in golf. Like if you're grounded well, like you can really rip the golf ball, no. right? If you're shaky and you hit the golf ball, it might go anywhere, but if you're stable, it's fine. And also, like, to be able to open the hips really quickly yeah. gets, um, like, transfers in the high club head speed, mm -hmm. which then travel, like, makes the golf ball travel further. Yeah. So, so besides the level of rotation, you have to work up the core uh, balance and everything. Exactly. No? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. That was yeah. the yeah. My dad is quite a seam golfer. I mean, he plays three times a week. That's what he does. Yeah. Life. But, um, it's very interesting. You see these completely different, completely, I would say, almost opposite ways, a spectrum of sports, right? So you see CrossFit, you have all these high intensity, super workouts, dodgy places, uh, full of tattoos, and, and then you see golf, which is the completely opposite image, I would say. It's like yeah. open and um, white shirts and everything like that, no? Yeah. But there's a way which you can raise and you can mix them and just everyone benefits out of it. But if you ask like an old old time golfer that was playing in like in the seventies, he would say like, Oh, the golf has no no uh, sensibility anymore. It's no <laughs> uh, at least this is what my my presumption of like because golf has usually been very conservative and now to see like um, um, these kind of clothes come into to the to the course and the colors or whatever that were just unthinkable uh, 20 years ago, and now we have like these brands that stuck up because I I can't recall when I was like really small that you had uh, you had like the golf brands and stuff, but you didn't have like the ni big Nike shirts and uh, like so branded that it is. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, every sport evolves, yeah. right? I mean, um, you, you see it in soccer as well. Soccer, to yeah. be named in, in Germany, yeah. um, <laughs> to make an example, I mean, I think this year it started with the, the video referee. Yeah. Yeah. If like uh, to see on, on the video if the ball was in or not, that's something new. There's a lot of hate about it. There's a lot of uh, pro yeah. about it, and but it just evolves, and that's... That's how it is. That's evolution of sports, exactly. Did you end up in the States because of golf? Yes. Or uh, how the story goes? Because uh, you studied, you studied, you did your MBA in the States, right? Exactly. I is it related? Yeah, it is related. I got a scholarship at the college in the States. Okay. And then I did um, two years my MBA there, 
for the whole time I played golf, which was a really nice experience because you travel a lot. So I was able to see quite a good amount of states in the United States. Yeah, well, I mean, that really, uh, and I think this ha might do some benefits for you now also, right? When you are also have to travel a lot for the German throwdown to, you know, meet people and go to all these events and so on. So you're already kind of primed to this kind of uh, level of, of uh, yeah. Sensitive traveling. Yeah. yeah. Just getting to, just going there and just, boom, have to perform 100% right away, either to get a sponsor or to get someone. Yeah. No, you're 100% right yeah. um, that I'm used to traveling and obviously I learned it in golf. Yeah. Um, but like the biggest thing personally for me in the States was to like get comfortable with English in written and verbal form. Yeah. Because I mean, if you're out of school, you don't have any English lessons anymore. Mm. And um, so my English wasn't that great. Yeah. Obviously after living two years in the States. Kind of forced. Get, yeah, it forces <laughs> you. You want to eat something? <laughs> Just really speak English. Yeah. So that was a huge benefit. Or you moved to Berlin. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. No, but um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a funny top topic that with, uh, with the languages because um, for people that are living outside of Germany, uh, uh, yeah, especially for people I like living in Scandinavia and so on, we're we're very used to having everything in English. So we grew up with English, and everything is kind of half English, half Swedish. In the media, also, um, everything is Englishified in some sense. Uh, and when you come to Berlin or to Germany, it's really like okay, here everything is hardcore German. Uh, on television and radio and so on. So, of course, it's also you have the uh, Englishification of uh, of German also, where you have some words you uh, in German that is uh, are English, and then you have some words that are not you know, like the typical, most typical word is uh, the German word for for cell phone is uh, handy. Uh, some some Germans thought. Uh, that it this sounds English, so oh, it's a handy. So <laughs> it's a, it's a nice uh, small caveat to that. But uh, I, I, it's nice, uh, or I'm interested in here, because um, you said outside of school you were never really forced to speak English, or you you didn't really uh, did did you watch like English movies or or YouTube or how how did you kind of uh, prepare for for getting into the English environment. Yeah, so I didn't really prepare at all, to be honest. I was just like diving straight into it. Yeah. Um, but like the most English um, I got in contact with was more like watching How I Met Your Mother or Big Bang Theory yeah. in English <laughs> because it's just better to watch it in English yeah. than in German. Yeah. And that's pretty much I uh, was in contact with the English, yeah. to be honest. It's like when I saw uh, Simpsons first time in German, <laughs> and you, say, you see who Homer doing the dough, but in German it's like, like no, you can't yeah, do that. I mean, but, but still, for example, <laughs> Chile is the same thing. You don't get uh, exposure to English. I mean, it's Spanish, and people don't speak English. Um, 
people speak English, but you go to the supermarket here in, in Germany and everyone, but probably in Berlin, but everyone yeah. speaks English right away. I mean, the bus driver speaks English. Uh, you don't have that where I come from. So kind of that exposure to just being thrown down to oh my God, thrown down, yeah. uh, into a, like a city, oh, like a language is completely uh, kind of, you know, you know about it. Yeah, you learn English at school, but then it's like, whoa, you have to live with that. Yeah. It's quite a shock. But I wanted to add something to the examples you did about Handy. Yeah. Um, uh, one word or like one saying that I really love yeah. from like how the Germans use it compared to how English speaking people yeah. would use it is public viewing. Yeah. Because in Germany it's just like spectating a sport event, right? Yeah. And like normally it's mean like to go to see that person. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And um, <laughs> like, uh, like luckily I never said it in the States, say hey, you want to yeah. go do public viewing with me or something like yeah. that because it would just be super creepy um, <laughs> exactly. but like I think it's quite funny <laughs> um, then going up to CrossFit so you were in Charlotte uh, doing your MBA uh, golf and then boom CrossFit got hooked with it right away I mean I, I don't know anybody that's been here in this podcast that, that, that didn't got hooked with CrossFit right away right uh, yeah. How was the, that first experience and how that translate into, uh, okay, you know what, I want to be a box? Mm, actually, I didn't train in a CrossFit box in the States. I was training in the football gym, but because the football players and also the baseball players who also worked out there also do the weightlifting, Olympic weightlifting, they got bumper blades and barbells yeah. and like all the, the stuff you need for a good CrossFit workout. Um, that's why I was able to do CrossFit there, um, which was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, as you mentioned, um, I absolutely fell in love with it. I, I saw that I had a lot of fun doing the workouts. I saw the results, and um, but what, I got hooked uh, with it. What? What? Uh, so, so how did you do that? Uh, if because there were no co uh, CrossFit coach there then. Mm -hmm. How did you like? Uh, did you go to the CrossFit.com uh, or where did you like pick your workouts for? Yeah, so like Olympic weightlifting, I got taught by the by the football fitness trainer. Yeah. So I got a, I had a coach for Olympic weightlifting. I'd say learning Olympic weightlifting just of YouTube tutorials doesn't work. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I was really. I, I think uh, to that date. I, I watched every single YouTube video about CrossFit, to be honest. Like everything, like from the main page over Carl Paoli, mm. I think who was here before, yeah. and Kelly Starrett's videos about mobility and all those sort of things. Mm. The games, obviously. And um, I mean, they, they put up so much knowledge yeah. on, on YouTube social media that, it's, that you can actually learn a lot from it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but still, isn't it a little bit? You've never done cross before, and this is something we've discussed also before. Uh, you never seen it, and if your first impression of CrossFit is like competitive CrossFit, this is a, it's like whoa, it's a completely different sport. You see, when you watch the games, uh, we were last year in German Throwdown, and you see the people doing it. I mean, we got there; they were the masters, masters doing workouts. And you see these guys totally raped, doing stuff that you say, what, you know what, I'm the same age and there's no way I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> so isn't that a bit of a shock at one point if you start looking at that and also learn that that's probably the 1% of the population that looked at that mm -hmm. and 99% of people are doing CrossFit as normal people, regular average Joes like us, yeah. Like, yeah. like for everyday stuff. 
right? Yeah, I mean, and that's also like um, like a big hurdle, not not a hurdle, but a task for the actual gyms to like change the image of CrossFit because if you watch the games or uh, attend the German Throwdown, like you don't see the regular CrossFitter. Those are like the top one percent who sometimes even do it for a living or like mm. really on a high, high, high level. And every like elite athlete like doesn't do it for being healthy. Like you see it in any sport, it doesn't matter which sport you do. If you do it on an elite, uh, elite level, it's mm. not healthy. You can see it in soccer. Mm. Obviously, um, soccer is not healthy for you. I mean, how many soccer players are injured all the time, right? Yeah. yeah. And even after they finish their careers, are completely crooked. Exactly. Like the, the, the bodies are damaged so yeah. badly, right? And and that's a big thing. Like when, when people ask me, okay, like especially non-crossfitters, yeah. and they talk to me about CrossFit, and I tell them, yeah. It is probably the best way to have a healthy body, um, and then they see the guys at the games or at the gym throw, and they're like, "Okay, that looks really, really intense." Really um, okay, yeah, that no, those elite level athletes, the no. last one percent, you're never gonna do that. Um, you're gonna have a coach with you, and you're gonna start with the PVC, and not with a hundred kilo snatch. No, no exactly. I, I always had this idea. Um, you have to help me if I, if I get the idea that I want to do a, like a, speci a special Olympics in that way because I always wanted to have a, like an Olympics for like you have regular people and the pros doing the same workout <laughs> and you see like the difference on stage mm -hmm. uh, like okay this is a regular fit guy and this is a top level mm -hmm. where you really see you know, how, how far behind but also for like uh, a bit uh, how do you say obese people also would be also very fun to have like a um, high jump for uh, if you have like a 25 percent uh, overweight and body weight exactly but one point is like we have all these images of where Every day we see media, we see videos, we see everything. We, we see the one percent, we see the top. Uh, I mean, nobody watches a YouTube video of me doing CrossFit. I mean, it was boring, bad technique, and doing it. But you watch, you go watch Matt Fraser, and you see, whoa, that guy's a machine. And then you try to do the same thing in the past. Like, come on, you're, this guy doesn't work in two minutes. It takes me twenty minutes to do it. So it's just, people have to really learn how to balance those expectations. Probably, I would say with golf, you see Jagger Woods, yeah, amazing. Then you try to hit the ball, the ball is not gonna go for more than a meter the first time. It's like, what? I, I cannot even hit the ball. For so, sure. That kind of a, a <laughs> yeah. learn. And I mean, this is the really good thing about the sport events. Um, it gets the people involved, but then the next step must happen that they learn how they can do it and that it will be different. And I think, um, yeah, it's just really important for the people to understand, but first of all, it gets the people involved, and that's a good thing. It, it, it grows the sport, and that's um, also one of the major, or like the major vision I have with the German Throwdown to get the people involved. Um, I, I did, never did a study on it, obviously, but um, I would assume that quite a lot of people, um, maybe more than half of the people who do CrossFit, are doing it because of the games, because they, they heard about it because they saw something mm. with the games. How are you managing uh, through the German throwdown to create, try to create this uh, connection between the sporting event and development of people through the sport? 
you're doing some what kind of ideas you have about it yeah so first of all it's important to have a big platform which is done in a professional way so you get the media the professional media involved who really do have a big reach um, this can be TV channels radio stations a newspaper anything like that um, so first step professional platform mm -hmm. so they are interested to work um, with the platform because they wouldn't do if it's something it has to be it has to be a high quality yeah. product exactly them to, yeah. but, but I really yeah we, uh, we talked about this before the podcast but really what makes in, uh, CrossFit interesting for any media platform or like a broadcaster is the fact that people that are attending or watching CrossFit videos and stuff. They don't care if it's live or not as much as in other sports, because it's, it's not so much about who won the competition, but it's how they won it. So you want to see every mistake they made on the way, and usually it's so many events. So yeah, you know what? I'm not gonna watch the event, the entire event today, I'm just gonna watch like the first event uh, today, and then like in one week, I uh, look at the second part, and then the third part. So it's really a sport where people engage much more in in into the details of what's happening. It's uh, and it's also like a, if you look at a social from a social point of view, it's also a sport where you can have a lot of talks in between. Uh, like when the actual competition is going on, you can actually have a conversation. Or you, if you're watching it on the television, you can you can have a talk at the same time, like as in football or soccer, whatever. So it's really uh, like a um, a sport that is uh, friendly for viewers to uh, engage in. Um, I, I wanted to go into a bit nitty about this thing that fascinates me because usually what happens with a lot of people that get into CrossFit is that they get here through the community. So they get the spirits and they're like, okay, I'm hooked because it's, it's like a team sport. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm part of something and so on. And uh, one aspect that many forget is that actually just the training modality or uh, methodology is so, so good also that you also get hooked, and uh, that's, I assume, what happened with you, that you were doing your workouts in a not-CrossFit affiliate because you just liked the workouts. The result, you were getting yeah. more good. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and also, when I did my level one, I did my level one in Charlotte as well, yeah. and when, I, when I wasn't still in the States. Yeah. And the level one really opened my eyes how CrossFit is meant to be. Yeah. And especially coming from watching the games, and um, seeing this, these crazy intensity workouts by the athletes, um, like the seminar really um, educated me in how cross is meant to be, that it's, that you do basic functional movements in the good movement pattern. Yeah. You, you, you learn that, you get good at it, and then you slowly increase the intensity. Yeah. Like on a, on a based on a, um, on a technique level that you can't get injured. Yeah. And that's why I would say it's probably the b best workout methodology yeah. to uh, gain good health. And also what I think is so 
good, and because uh, there's a lot of critique also against the level one. Any any monkey can go to the level one, and then one weekend, and you're a CrossFit coach. But I think that's also the benefit of it that you can actually get through this quite fast, but you have to practice it. So you have to. What happens with a lot of people that do this is that there is so much knowledge in this. So what happens with everyone that does CrossFit is that they walk around and they talk about it and they show this is how you do a handstand. No, this is how, and then you refine your technique and you refine. And this kind of constant um, hunt after better knowledge. Because what what you also get thought is that hey, we we can constantly improve. This is not. Um, these are. It's not like a a, a framework that is just meant to be forever. So it's more like, hey, uh, if we use these uh, these three different uh, ideas, then it, we're always going to try to evolve. And we're not just staying at the same workouts, uh, same movements as we did for 10 years ago. No, that's why the games have always new movements, because uh, we're always yeah. trying to challenge new. I mean, the level one is not the end. It's the beginning. The beginning. Yeah, exactly. But still, I mean, it's the beginning, and the, the, it's a very cool idea of it. I mean, you really realize what you were saying. Also, you still have this idea of crossway. You see media, you see YouTube, yeah, elite level, elite level fitness. But then you realize that this is for the, the rest of the population. This is for everyone. Everyone can do it. I mean, we were doing level one, and you have 60, pe 60 year old people doing level one, and you have, I don't know, the youngest was 20 years old people doing it. So it's a huge spectrum of people. None of them, or maybe one or two, like competitive athletes. All those are the people that average shows just want to get fit, getting eager to get some knowledge to just perform better and do better in life. I mean, yeah. get it healthier. Yeah, and also, I mean, uh, also the aspect of uh, that it also comes with a idea of nutrition and so on. So um, I'm, I'm thinking of other like um, sports, uh, just sports, regular sports, uh, ice hockey, for my, my example, uh, golf, uh, rugby. And yeah, we played on, on uh, higher levels and so on. And there was some talk about food. Yeah, you should you know, uh, eat enough and good foods and so on. But there's no, I mean, now on really high levels, yeah, there's some science. But uh, to be true, the most even higher level athletes in most sports, they have no fucking idea what they're putting into their bodies. They're, they're just so good athletes that they can work with bad diet and still be good. And um, for many people, that's just they don't have the genetics to be able to handle that kind of carbs or fats or whatever. So they never get to that level. But these athletes are like masters in adapting also uh, with the poor diet. Um, and what I'm saying is that a lot of these, uh, like in sports, they, they just, there is, there's no real uh, framework. If you start ice hockey, there's no framework saying, there's these good diet lines that would be good if you start with ice hockey, that would make you a better ice hockey player over time. There's nothing like that. Mm. If you start with golf, is there any uh, like a framework as a golf teacher if you start? So here, here's like a, just a fistful of rules 
to think about when you want to reach a uh, top level in golf? Uh, yeah. uh, oh, no, no, obviously <laughs> not. I, would, I, I, wanna, I wanted to say that, I want, I want to mention that when we're talking about golf again. I yeah. mean, um, you can definitely play golf on a good level without being really fit. Um, I mean, that's, mm. that's pretty obvious and just as you mentioned it, you can play golf really good, but it helps you to have good fitness. Yeah. I do believe it's a. I do believe it's a very. It's, I mean, I do believe it's sport. Uh, it's a very demanding sport. Well, after all, you play for a few hours. You have to keep a lot of concentration, rotation. You have a bad fitness level. Your back is gonna ache at the end of the 18, 18 holes and stuff like that. But um, some people don't get it. I, I probably it's an amateur level, like a recreational level. It's the, the level of uh, demand probably is not that big. I mean, really have to push it. Remember, my dad went to the doctor and asked, "What sport do you do? Yeah, you play golf. Oh, I play golf. Okay, but what sport do you do?" It's like, <laughs> but the thing is, that it's pretty demanding when you go to a higher level. I mean, like every sport, maybe. Yeah, like golf is not the sport to get the best beach body. That that's obvious. And uh, but it works in accuracy, strength, precision, concentration, balance, yeah. different levels of fitness. Anybody who says like, "Okay, golf is a good fitness uh, routine." Yeah, no, <laughs> obviously not. And I talk to my dad about it. <laughs> <laughs> now golf is, 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 it is intense, especially if you play on a really high level. For example, pro player, they play like five um, events back to back and they usually fly from one tournament to the other. Yeah. They play then, I think from um, like noon on Monday to Sunday night, then they hop on the plane Sunday night have a little bit of longer sleep on Monday and then have the next tournament and that going for five weeks you, you're, you're really really tired yeah, after that. Right. so yeah. you gotta be fit um, what, what I wanted to say is just okay you can compensate with like a really high level of talent to be a good golfer uh, other in CrossFit mm. and that's what I think is really really amazing by the athlete that they're working out they're working out two to three times a day um, they are giving the everything and they're watching every single bit they eat to perform at the high level CrossFit events. Like, heads off to that. Yeah. You see, with the German throwdown, um, you've been probably been around a few throwdowns or turn, uh, competitions around Europe. Or uh, have you seen the progress of those competitions? Or have you seen the progress of athletes? Now we're talking about how athletes train, how they eat. How they rest because the three elements that really, really, really matter. Have you seen how you seen those changes in the last couple of months or the last couple of years? Mm, it, it's tough for me to do a comparison um, because I, I'd say I haven't been to enough competitions to really make an estimate here. Okay. And um, yeah. But uh, which which throws have you been there? For example, this year or last year, you were talking about the French throwdown. Yeah, I've uh, been to the Berlin French. throwdown. Exactly, I've been, I've been to the French throwdown this year, to the Berlin, to the beach throwdown, um, obviously to smaller throwdowns in the boxes, little box competitions, mm -hmm. but talking about the major ones, those are the three big ones I've been to this summer. We were discussing with Yanni, I think, uh, as he was a guest a couple of months ago, a couple of chapters ago, he was saying how big the increase when the level of participants is huge, the level of organization, the level of requirements. If you want to set a good throne, a good competition, now it's just not enough to have no, like, a, like a nice venue. Now you have like equipment and sponsors and sponsors and uh, how people, people start demanding things that are, uh, yeah. 
it's a really sport event. I, I demand a stadium to watch. And, and still, like, as in the CrossFit Games also, in the highest level of event in, within the CrossFit room is that, like, almost everyone is uh, a volunteer. So you're working with guys that are not even doing this for money. So you're also, at the same time, it's very hard to have any kind of demands. So you can say, hey, you have to get this done. It's 10 hours to go. And so I'm like, you know, I'm tired. <laughs> so How do you manage that? Yeah. For the build-up for, build for everything? For, well, I mean, for just, just the organization. The, the company has an organization. Of it. I mean, the, comp the holding company of German Throne is a professional organization, right? Yeah. So how many people work there, and then how many people volunteer uh, for the German Throwdown as an event for the weekend? Yeah, it's like there are a lot of volunteers involved, and um, I'm, I'm really happy to have good friends that help me. And um, like we have um, like a, a core team of around five to six people, mm -hmm. with everybody have their own like kind of department, mm. if you would if you yeah. would say like there's. The volunteers uh, to like to organize, then the build up, and social media, mm. and those sort sort of things. And um, but like at the moment in 2017, like besides the CrossFit Games, like the sport is really young, yeah. especially compared to any other sport we know. Yeah. And with that being said, it's like it has to really grow to get on a comparative professional level and um, that's why it is so great to have this this community this crossfit community to really help out and really unmotivated to help i think we had around 80 volunteers last year at the jump program yeah, that's and that's just amazing i mean you really got the honor every single volunteer to spend the whole weekend um, to make this a great event and what i really loved last year at the jump program was that the athletes and everybody was, like the spectators and everybody, um, really appreciated the work of the volunteers. Yeah. Um, especially from, from non-crossfitters who attended the event and are not familiar with the crossfit community, they were overwhelmed by the positive, but the positive like um, atmosphere between the people. Like they, they were like surprised. I mean, mm. right, especially like looking uh, into soccer, like yeah. there are so many, um, there's so many friction between the two teams, yeah. right? And a lot of times, not nice words are exchanged, <laughs> and so people were really yeah. um, um, fascinated that everybody was just like yeah, happy to do CrossFit. Yeah, it's funny we can see kind of when you do CrossFit for for a longer period of time, you kind of take those things for granted. And we see someone from outside, it's looking yeah. in, it's like, why are everyone so happy about, yeah. <laughs> about just... That's not your I mean, athlete. That's, that's not your athlete. That's not even from your country. Ah, but he did a great job. Come on. <laughs> he just PR'd no. his match. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> no, but he, he, he did 10 he unbroken muscle-ups. Wow. <laughs> wow, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, it definitely creates a sense of community and everybody's... Yeah, and, and, uh, yeah and, and that's really something that is specific to the sports because you can have spectators that you know, they maybe follow someone uh, through uh, social media or something like that, and they know this guy has never snatched over 100K or something like that. And then they see that in an event, and they're like, oh, I'm so happy for him, because he already, you've seen the story behind, and people are already engaging. 
But uh, I wonder how that is when you're like a Barcelona fan and then you see Ronaldo like do a flip kick, uh, whatever. It's like, oh, that's great. Did you see that goal? Nobody never done that kind of goal before. Yeah, no. <laughs> Usually it doesn't happen, right? <laughs> no, it's this, like this sense of community finally still small sport probably that also helps. Yeah. Uh, everybody kind of knows each other. You follow all the athletes. Uh, yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, just like every box, box pretty much like creates their own community. Um, it's, it's just amazing, right? I mean, if, if you're into CrossFit and um, you traveled a bit, if you, you've been to quite a few boxes, you learn that in every box there's a great community. You usually get, get welcomed with open arms and um, it's just a great time being in the CrossFit box. I think that's that's also a big factor why we love the sport. Not only the fitness method methodology, yeah. but also the community. Yeah, yeah definitely. Where uh, so where where do you train at the moment? I train uh, in Wiesbaden at CrossFit Gen Gym. Okay, yeah. is that is that a new gym or is that old? I think the gym is now about two years old. Okay. No, that's great. Yeah. So. Uh, we, we recommend people to go there. <laughs> um, See Ben, ben last, have a sweat. Last year at the throne, you have quite a few uh, big athletes. Uh, you had Adrian Mundweiler who won it. Uh, they were on the female side. Yeah, we had the Icelandic girls. Icelandic One of them girls. was on the podcast also, Jakobina. Jakobina. And Anna. Anna yeah, they're both pregnant now. <laughs> they're both pregnant. <laughs> so we're not seeing any co comebacks from them. They're not coming back, obviously. Yeah. Um, but um, I mean, it's a great thing. Laura Horvath was one last year, no? Laura Horvath was there. She will yeah. be coming back. She was in regionals this year, Maria in regionals this year. Yes. Uh, is she coming back this year? Also? She's coming back. She will defend the title. Ah, very good. Like, trying to defend the title. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Who else is going to be on the women's side? Yeah, like a big, you have like wild cards, or well, qualifiers just started. So. Yeah. So exactly, the qualifier just started um, um, just one week ago. Yeah. So it's, it's tough to say who's going to be in. Um, but yeah, from the wild card side, um, uh, we have, will have quite nice names at the, okay. at the event in November for sure. The, how has it been the response from the public, from the CrossFit community for the qualifiers? I mean, regarding from comparing it last year, you have uh, increased numbers. Uh, have you seen, are you expecting more people this year? Last, peop last year was quite a big event. So how, how are you seeing the growth perspective of the German throwdown? Okay, I didn't, get, I didn't fully get the question. Uh, regarding the qualifiers, you see okay. increasing people participating. Yes, yeah? definitely, oh. yeah. I'd say around 30%. And now to give you numbers because yeah. you asked for it. Yeah, <laughs> That's good. And, yeah. and then for the for the for the German throne as an event itself, um, do, you, do you expect more people? Are you are you getting more uh, sponsors and more getting more people interested in just hey, you know what? We saw it last year it was a great event. We want to be involved with it. Uh, how has it been working out for that event, particularly so for the weekend? If the numbers of athletes increase at the event? Uh, basically the visitors. sponsorships, visitors. Uh, how you okay. Say that? So so athletes. You don't know about visitors, of course, but how you yeah. see our demand for Instagram or social media awareness and stuff like that. Excellent. Let's split it up in three parts. Athletes, spectators, and sponsors. Yeah. Um, athletes is pretty much the same because you only have a limited time to put in capacity. workouts. Capacity. Yeah, that limits the capacity. Yeah. Um, so you can't really change that. 
No, yeah. you can't have 200 in each category. Yeah, yeah that's just... It doesn't fit. Especially if you want to give the athletes like a good test of fitness. Yeah. You can't just do... You can't just have one workout no. because it will be like really limited in the test. Yeah. So you have a good uh, amount of workouts to really test the fitness. So that just limits the capacity of how many people can get into the final. Um, talking about spectators, the, the engagement is, is increased like really in, intensely. Um, social media, I mean, just to have social media as a benchmark, yeah. which is quite a good benchmark because so much goes on on CrossFit on social media. Yeah. And um, I think the, for example, the Instagram account grew from 750 one year ago to I think we now are over 3000. And um, also the engagement of the boxes yeah. and everything is, is increased. Um, and that just, that's, that's for us a great feedback that the community liked the German throwdown in 2016 and um, that we're on the right way. I mean, it wasn't um, perfect. Like last year, there wasn't every, not, not everything was perfect, that's what I wanted to say. But I mean, uh, it's also a learning process for us. Yeah. And um, we are evolving, like we talked about, the sport evolves, yeah. the championship, the setting evolves as well. Yeah. And that's, that's our next big step for us. So, uh, so talking about, I think like mistakes or failures uh, are usually uh, people are terrified of doing mistakes and failures, but usually they are the best ways to learn something. We either and if win you, or learn. Yeah, I mean, if you don't learn, so then you say. then you're stupid. But if you uh, do a mistake, it's always like uh, if you look in hindsight, it's always like I did this mistake and that changed this uh, X. And um, what was your kind of, or what kind of mistake, mistake or mistakes did you have that you like instantly think of that you like, okay, I'm gonna change that? Yeah, so there are three big things. Yeah. Like the biggest things that we are improving this year from last year. Yeah. And um, b before I get into three things, yeah. like I wanted to put out that, like we are so um, thankful for the, the feedback we get from the community because from the German throwdown, we see ourselves in, in the community. We're not like uh, an, an outside part outside. of it, just, but we are in the community. We love the community, we love CrossFit. And that's why we love to hear the feedback because the German throwdown is for the community, it's for the sport, and that's what, what, what we're thankful for. And the three big, biggest uh, things we got back was the, the grandstands were too small, people yeah. had a tough time um, to watch the athletes, and actually, quite a lot of people were standing on on benches and, and tables, and I was really, really happy uh, when happened. the event was over and nobody was hurt. <laughs> I, I saw that and I was just like, okay, don't I'm, I'm going to I didn't see that. Don't hit a PR so nobody jumps. Please don't do yeah. that. <laughs> but that just came back to that the numbers of spectators were way bigger than we expected. Hmm. Um, so we have triple the sizes of grandstands this year. Yeah. Um, the next thing is the, the food topic. Um, there wasn't enough food in the end. I think the food trucks were sold out around one or two on Sunday. And as we know, CrossFitters are hungry. <laughs> the burgers were really good. Yeah, yeah. The burgers were good. Yeah, um, but same thing, we're way more people than we expected, yeah. so food trucks weren't enough. Yeah. Um, so this year, we're not going to have two food trucks, but four. Um, 
So we're really positive that we can, um, even if there's an increase by 50 to 100 percent of spectators, everybody will have yeah, capacity food. to fulfill that. Exactly. And the last big thing was the information, like information to spectators, to athletes, mm. what is going on, where and when, uh, what are the workouts, when is my athlete starting, and, and all those sort of, sort of things. And that's just, that, that was just like, um, like in the end, our team was a bit overwhelmed, mm. like how much work it actually is, especially like when it gets really close to the weekend, yeah. like what comes up, like because it was the first time for our team, yeah. we were really overwhelmed, yeah. but um, now we learned it and um, we are actually preparing the information, for example, like way in advance to really get it out that everybody understands what is going on where and when. I think this is a very good, like a call out to to a lot of people that go to events and that think like, oh, what, what's this? Uh, I don't have any information. What is this shit? And what is that? Why? Why? Why is there no toilet paper here? Why? And all these kinds of things. And when you put them into perspective of like, hey, I'm just a dude trying to make something happen here, uh, and. Obviously, you're you're thankful for spectators coming and and giving their feedback and so on. But also, I think it's very important for people to also understand and appreciate that how much work people put into uh, creating these kinds of events because uh, it's a it's a huge effort. And I I'm, I just wanted to ask you like with with regarding of uh, uh, the scheduling and everything because when it comes to that day. Like everything has to really fit in that schedule because there's a lot of people moving at the same time and they have to be on on the uh, on the floor at one time and then everyone has to uh, get this uh, schedule up ahead so they can plan their day a bit because some people might work that day so they want to see uh, see when they can come and. Uh, uh, obviously, one th I, I, I guess assume you're using like social media to post like okay Saturday we're gonna have this kind of uh, or like these hours and these heats and everything, but since it's also so crowded in the social media, um, how, what's your strategy there with the, like the to really get the schedules out to people because um, I, I can uh, just assume that it's a big hurdle even though people have newsletters and they have but we get no, you we know hundreds so many hundreds of emails yeah. today that probably you get an email it's like okay one more boom yeah I, that's just how it is nowadays with Facebook and Instagram um, you don't reach every follower you have no. that's just how the algorithm of Facebook works that's how they make so much money that's why uh, Zuckerberg is so <laughs> so rich. Uh, so rich. Um, <laughs> they say he's running for president next time. <laughs> how, how rich he is. <laughs> yeah. So so it's really tough to reach uh, the, the the spectators and the community through Facebook and Instagram. So um, I mean, obviously you have newsletters, but also not everybody is subscribed. And um, so to do it through the internet is pretty tough. Yeah. It, uh, it's actually better to have when the, when people are on site that they get the information on site. Yeah. I mean, the other way is that people are like uh, um, really checking regularly on on social media and, and the web page and everything. 
Um, but as, as you guys mentioned, there's so much noise in, in the internet and you get so, you get so much input. And especially if you have a full-time job, you can't just check every web page you're interested no. in, no. right? So um, it, it's tough to get the information out, mm. but um, to have the information on site yeah. um, is, is the least we can do. Yeah. That uh, everybody who's there is really informed. Yeah. Um, and this year you have um, what categories do you have this year uh, in the event? Uh, you have teens I mean, this year, right? Teens. Yeah. Yeah. So teenies. <laughs> so so that's uh, that's that's um, that's um, uh, gets switched up easily because we have teams. Yeah. yeah. Right and teens. Yeah, yeah. So that's really tough, uh, especially <laughs> like in, in the English. English yeah. Teams. But yeah, we have the youth there. To put <laughs> it differently, um, <laughs> easy way to do it. Yeah, I think um, that that's a really important step for the sporting in Germany, mm. um, because with that, the, the youth has a platform to work for to to really get in, engaged with the sport, and obviously the youth will be the future in CrossFit. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, we'll get uh, competitors at the games, and uh, that the German cross community really has someone to cheer for. Yeah, that that's that's that would be amazing. Um, yeah, because uh, I'm, I'm just thinking out loud now. But like to have this German throwdown, and also as we had uh, uh, the Berlin throwdown just here uh, one month ago, is that um, to get these athletes uh, from uh, like German athletes to the games, we have to have a, uh, a bigger base of, of athletes. Because mm -hmm. uh, uh, right now there's, there's zero, yeah. uh, zero Germans at the uh, games podium uh, or games floor. Yeah. So um, to, 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 for the German community, it's very important to, to actually get more people into the sport. sport. For sure. I mean, that's that's a really big reason. Um, like, how to get elite athletes is to start them young. Yeah. Right. So you gotta have like a big a big pool of potential uh, crossfitters, yeah. young crossfitters that might evolve into elite level athlete. Yeah. And um, it'll be awesome to see. Um, that the, the youth in CrossFit grows in Germany. What is what is your because um, still uh, if you if we look at other sports uh, uh, like or other I think we've talked about this with Janis also is that why why haven't we seen uh, like uh, Germans at the top ten at the games yet? Uh, uh, even regional level. Yeah, because we. Uh, we s we've seen uh, a lot of Scandinavian names there, right? And on the female side, they are dominating, and they're coming from a from a country <laughs> mostly from there. We have a population smaller than one part of the city in Berlin. So yeah, I mean, uh, talking about Iceland. Yeah. I mean, this is just amazing that they got so many good athletes. Yeah. Um, this is this really goes kind of against what. You would usually think how it works. Yeah. Um, usually, would say, okay, in the states there are like 250 million people now. Yeah. Obviously, there are good athletes, yeah. but if you look in, into a country that have 300,000, I think, yeah. Yeah. it's it's amazing. Um, but to put a comparison up between Germany and the Scandinavians, I think 
CrossFit. Um, or even Switzerland. I mean, Switzerland. Yeah, I, I to think see, when to I Swiss, did Swiss, uh, Swiss has now uh, Lucas and uh, and Adrian. Uh, that, Miller, yeah, exactly. Just to say a few male names. Yeah. Um, I did my homework when I did my homework for opening a box. I was looking at um, is the German CrossFit market a potential growth market? Yeah. And um, I found numbers that in Switzerland and in Sweden, for example, the number of boxes compared to the um, to per, Swiss per and Swedish people per capita, thank yeah. you, uh, is five times higher than in Germany. Yeah. And, and that's coming back to your question that I think is the reason why there are good Swiss and Swedish athletes, yeah. but not as many Germans. Yeah. I think we had a discussion, one of the things that we came up to was that Germans have so many options in the sports area. I mean, you have facilities where you, what do you want to do, actually? You want to swim, you have pools everywhere, you have tracks everywhere, you have tennis courts everywhere. Yeah. So the competition, the level to get in good athletes is way bigger. In football, football ch world champions, so you have a lot of kids, uh, athletes, going into football, going into uh, so many other sports, while the other countries probably don't have a, has such a huge uh, Back, sports background, sports history, um, or less amount of facilities, so just people go boom directly into one sport. This is what we were talking also with the uh, Jacobina, her sister Eddie, that the fact that it's such a small country also at the end it's a benefit because all of them train together and they push each other. Each other. Yeah, so at the all end, the best ones. Here. The best ones, they just okay, they just gather at uh, CrossFit Reykjavik and just train for a week, let's do a camp, and then boom. They expand the capacity and then they do it again and then again. They're I all think, friends and they work I think together. the Germans, they go to Mallorca or something like that yeah, every exactly. year. They go to Mallorca to camp. And then <laughs> no, no, but for training CrossFit, right? No, so okay. it, they've started to train together. But like uh, Swi uh, Switzerland, uh, I guess, has this, um, uh, because uh, like Ramon Dusener really created the first uh, kind of metropole for CrossFitters uh, to really uh, come to so you have a lot of people that have been training together through Basil and through him because he knows everyone so he, he connects everyone that is a good athlete in Swiss uh, Switzerland to like hey you should train with this and yeah I can put up that yeah I mean yeah. this is actually like a uh, economic theory as well like yeah. um, it's named cluster yeah you can exactly. you can see it in so many places uh, to name a few in, in economy terms, the Silicon Valley, yeah. the southern of Germany, uh, Silicon Valley about tech companies, yeah. southern of Germany about car companies, yeah. the marble industry in Italy, yeah. and that's the same thing for uh, in, in, in the sport. Yeah. And um, but like the knowledge is there, the capacity is there, the athletes are there. So yeah. Just yeah. And but for the youth in Germany, they have so many sports and so many sports that they can attend for nearly no money. And I think that's that's the biggest crusher for the, the, the youth in Germany because it's just too expensive in, in comparison yeah. to all the other things they can do. Yeah. All the association we have here in gymnastics, soccer, handball, yeah. to name a few. But I think and, and like CrossFit economics for those that haven't have not looked into the CrossFit economics and haven't run a box and so on. Uh, Obviously, you did your homework before you uh, wanted to open a box and so on. So you also crushed some numbers, uh, and you've seen that it's not possible to have a membership of 20 euros. You're never going to survive to have a good quality coaching or anything with those kind of member rates. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's also a big, big uh, difference between CrossFit and other sports because CrossFit is not an Olympic sport. Be pretty much behind any other sport, there's a big association behind yeah. who has an interest in supporting the youth. Yeah. We do not have that in CrossFit, especially not in Germany that there's money free just to support the youth. No. So it would come down to the actual owner to say, yes, I want to support the youth. Yeah. Uh, if you're below 18, you get a, a contract, I don't know, for 20 euros. I don't want to earn money on you. It's yeah. just because I want to grow the sport. Um, but like to get 270 owners into that mindset is way tougher than to have one association. Yeah. And and that's that's a huge huge difference. Yeah. It would be awesome if the boxes will get to a financial level um, that they say, okay, we have the capacity, we can put up a coach that yeah. just do the youth. Uh, we lose money on it, but that's fine. We it's love the sport. We love to grow the sport. Put we can afford it. Yeah. It's fine for us. That would be awesome to have in the future. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, there are obviously different ways to get there, but uh, that would be amazing to see. I think for from the CrossFit uh, like economics, uh, it's it's very hard because of the place demand, and as the coach demand. I mean, you can have uh, you can have an owner, you can have a box uh, or a coach that really wants to train. Uh, like youth or whatever for free and so on, but usually it's like okay if you have a box, there's a limited amount of hours and spots. So if uh, if you're giving up uh, spots that are for free or whatever, that means somebody else uh, or yeah the owner has to pay or you know it's going to be out of business if it's too many, for example. So it's. Um, it's a hard struggle, I think. Uh, like the box economics are really made to be small uh, in that sense that all the bigger boxes that could make it possible uh, maybe don't have that passion that you, you have in the smaller ones that, that uh, can drive that um, kind of you know thinking. But um, it would be definitely something very interesting to see to hook up with uh, the community and so on. And you talked about this that. Now for the for the German throwdown, that you're also going to have some a part uh, a pre-event for the box owners in Germany, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, we are having a kind of a conference. Yeah. Well, it's a conference. It's a conference the day before uh, the weekend, so the Friday before the German throwdown, we will have a conference in the same area um, with on the, the same venue. Not in the same venue okay. because that's the day of the build-up. It doesn't work there, but in the in the box close by. Okay. And um, this conference is meant to be to have um, like we will have speakers who got really far as a box and growing the box. Usually have a box for over like five, five years. Mm. A couple hundred members financially run well. Maybe have full-time employees, which is really not the standard in, in Germany for boxes. And um, so they will speak how to evolve as a box owner, as maybe also as a coach, but more the business side. How, what, what, I, what do I have to do to be financially stable? Because um, at, 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 the, at the end of the day, a CrossFit box has to run financially well 
has to be sustainable. To I mean, like, like every business, like every business has to be sustainable in the long yeah. term, and able to grow. I mean, yeah, and um, so to to evolve the, the not only the sport but the event, but also that the owners can evolve as an owner, we will have this conference. So, yeah. so uh, for this conference, it's also uh, open for uh, box owners outside of Germany, or is it thought of just for Germans? Yeah, I mean, we haven't decided yet if it will be in German or English, but um, I'm 90% I'm sure we will go with German. Um, I mean, Berlin is really uh, in, like, it's no problem to talk here in English. Yeah. But it's, <laughs> the rest of Germany is different. Like Berlin, <laughs> Berlin is different. I'm not saying, like, every box owner obviously can speak English. I'm, I'm not saying anything else. Um, but I think it's better to, to like, to really, like, because it's a German event, to have it in German, because um, the most box owners can speak better German than English. I believe it too. I mean, you're in Germany. You should be in Germany. Exactly. That is the first, first experience. And then you can see, like we said, like every, like the same, like the German throwdown, you will grow out of the first experience. Uh, and this is more focused for the German audience yeah. or just the German. I mean, CrossFit is so in English, obviously, we all know that. But at the same time, I think it's good to have a conference in German. I agree. Jawohl. Um, yeah, so um, more about uh, more about the venue. Per uh, se, so you said there is. Uh, yeah, we have the teens. We have teams also. Uh, you have masters, uh, right? Is it just one category, masters? No, or? 35 to 44 and 45 and up. Okay. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of people on that competition floor, uh, which also ignites the, the community more because of course it's nice to see all these guys that are doing super hard work and are more like pros in the sport but then also like the masters and teens they're not usually uh, sponsored by anyone or so it's, it's just this passion it's just a lot of blood and tears <laughs> connected to that yeah for sure yeah. so um, uh, and now, now the qualifications are out. Uh, the first one uh, just closed, right? No, not yet. Um, we're we're now talking Friday the 25th, yeah. and the registration closed on the 24th. Oh. Yeah. But the first workout runs until the 27th. Oh, yeah. so end of, of the uh, end of this week. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah. So they got around nine days to put in the workout. Yeah. 225 reps. Yeah, 75, 75, 75, 75. Yeah. 200, yeah, 75 calorie rows, 75 burpees of the rower, exactly. and 75 yeah. chest bar pull-ups. What was your time? I haven't done it yet this year, <laughs> to be honest. Time was 25 minutes. <laughs> Pretty tough worker. Like, I got a lot of messages, uh, private messages, that I have to do this workout <laughs> because it was, it was hurting exactly. everybody so bad. And like, okay, if we have to do the workout, we definitely... Yeah, have to do the workout as well. Work and I'm just like, hey, Craig, or did the workouts? Because we're grabbing the qualifiers and the, and the throwdown? Exactly. Um, the owner of CrossFit Rhein-Neckar, uh, Gregor Schreckler, uh, programmed the workouts. And, so uh, you know who to blame people. Exactly. Yeah. Um, no, but it's I, I, not I Benedict Hans. Yeah. <laughs> we put a link in. Yeah. <laughs> Dislike him. <laughs> No, but I, w I will do the workout for sure. Uh, 
I just haven't had the time yet. Yeah. It's, it's, a really, it's a really busy time to run the qualifier. Yeah. I mean, if you have signed up, I think, 1,500 people or something, there are a lot of questions on Facebook email, through yeah. email, and it's, it's a, lot of, a, lot, a lot of work. Yeah. I can imagine that. So uh, who do you call when you, uh, this is kind of a bit off topic, but maybe it has to do with it. Who do you call for like uh, advice or uh, business advice or CrossFit advice? Do you have any like go-to guy? Yeah, um, I actually do have my go-to guys. Uh, like uh, one is my uh, captain in golf. Um, he is really like, um, Knowledge has big knowledge in, in business, yeah. so anything like that which has nothing to do with CrossFit, I can ask him. Um, other than that, I talk a lot uh, to Gregor. Yeah. I mean, he's so experienced in competitions. I think he's the German athlete that went to regionals the most, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. And he also runs a CrossFit box for now five years or even longer. Um, so he has a lot of experience and it's it's always great to to talk to him. Yeah. Um, love it. And then also. Oh, big train over that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the other guy I talk to regularly is Simon Müller. Yeah. Uh, also the the commentator of the German Throwdown, mm -hmm. yeah. owner of CrossFit St. Pauli. Is he gonna be this year on the floor also? Yeah, he will be there as well. Um, he is also a really knowledgeable guy. Guy. Do you know how many tattoos he has? I don't know. <laughs> we have to call him, ask him. Yeah, call him, ask him. But, uh, this so is this mean, I know he did, he did a new one. Yeah. Is so it a new one? Yeah. Let me check. Uh, no, but those are the guys I talked to in CrossFit. Yeah. Um, really smart guys. Uh, who's more on the floor? Do you have any, uh, uh, any other guy? A co-commentator? Yeah. So we had uh, Teresa Meyer last year as a yeah. co-commentator. Yeah. Um, but she actually tries to uh, qualify herself. Okay. So if she qualifies, she obviously will not be commentating. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if she's unlucky and can't qualify, she also committed to commentate again. So are you judging? And like, oh, that's not the uh, rep. That's, that's, a, that's a no rep. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry, <laughs> Actually, um, this year we're running a, a ju judging system more like in the open. Yeah. That is more open that people can sign up if they're a level one or have an online judges certificate. Yeah. So they can sign up and uh, can judge the videos. So it's not only yeah. our team. I think that's great for transparency as well. Yeah. Um, just get out all, yeah. everything, okay, that, that was real, what was that? Yeah. No, it's open. If, if, if we can see you got a good experience in judging and um, this is also an ongoing process and we're looking, okay, how did they judge? Um, yeah. And if we see, okay, this, like this person fails regularly, yeah. we can say, okay, you're not judging anymore because yeah. obviously it has to be 100% good. Yeah. Right? But this is the process this year. Yeah, I mean, judging is, is terribly hard. Yeah. So uh, I, I understand, like, for anyone that is doing judging, it's also the same thing, like, um, like to have think about that as an athlete also, and or not an athlete, but a, a spectator to see that it's super hard to be a, uh, a judge also, because uh, you can be the most perfect best judge, but you also miss things. Uh, and that's why you say, uh, like, everything is probably not 100%, but as 
you kind of get to a level when you see that, like most of the times, it's correct, and you don't, everyone has their good and bad days. But um, to expect from someone to be super 100% every time is very hard within judging, like in any sports. Yeah, for sure. And also tough in judging, especially in online competitions, yeah. that there are so many videos to judge. <laughs> it's just so much work. And if you think, just to make an example, if there are a thousand people signed up, yeah. And there's one workout, and the workout is 15 minutes long. Yeah. It's a thousand times 15 minutes to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, a lot of like, if, for example, if on Sunday night um, the, the submission is, um, the deadline is reached for the first workout, yeah. on midnight the leaderboard is not final because people tend to put in the workouts in the very last minute, yeah. and then it just takes a few days to really yeah. look it through. Um, and yeah. yeah, so so it takes a little bit of time. Yeah, but then there's also like the judging at an event, yeah. and um, I have really high respect for any judge that uh, takes on the um, responsibility yeah. to judge. What, is, yeah. what are the requirements to be a judge at the event? If people are listening to or watching, would like to. Is there open positions or just uh, you got a team of judges that you look at? So yeah, we were looking at the team of judges. Um, I think we worked around with like 23 people last year. And it's, it's an open application process mm -hmm. at the beginning. And then we look into, okay, how experienced is that person? Okay. And um, if they can put up like five big events where they have judged, uh, this will usually be a good pick yeah. Um, but what I wanted to, to add is for the, the event judge, like, even if you're a really experienced judge, I mean, we see it at the games as well, I mean, yeah. those are usually, like, also seminar staff members, so they really understand yeah. the movements, they understand CrossFit very, very well, yeah. but they still do no reps or reps where it was wrong, it's just... If it happens on the floor, it's, it's so hectic, it's yeah. so much adrenaline going on, it yeah. just, it's just difficult. It's the same in soccer, yeah. right? Okay, back again, Germany, soccer, right? But like, even in the World Cup, they do misjudgings and they're really the best referees. Yeah. That's just how it is. And but I, I yeah, you don't have a second to just reassess the situation. It's not like, okay, oh, I want to see the replay of that just to bar the hit. No, you have to just adjust no, the I minute mean, if you do and the second. Uh, uh, um, flop butterfly pull-ups, yeah. I mean, how long does it take to do two reps? I don't know, one, yeah, two one seconds, second, maybe yeah, three. Second. It's tough. Yeah, but I think we, we can see in the athletes that they appreciate it more and more. Yeah. Um, that they, they really understand, okay, um, I got a tough job here as an athlete, I really want to do my best, but I also understand that the judge wants to judge me in the best way possible. Yeah. And, and, I, and I like to see that happening. And, and that's, that's also great for the sport because uh, we talked about so much that the sport championship can be a good uh, platform to introduce new people to CrossFit. So it's also important that the athlete represent their sport in the best way possible. Yeah, yeah. And and I and I like that that it really. Yeah, works. nobody wants to see a guy complaining in the floor in the floor because he had no rep or something. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't look does good to the spectators, and it's it's mostly doesn't look good on him. That's okay. In the end. That's the thing at the end. Yeah. Where can we find information regarding the throwdown? Where's the social media web page? Where is all? Good that? question. Obviously. <laughs> no. 
Um, it's actually pretty simple. The website is called germthrodon.de. Um, the social media channels are all called germthrodon. Yeah. yeah, put links into that. Right. Yeah. Link in the description. Yeah, yeah. In the description, description exactly. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> all the time. Um, no, like those are the main channels. Germthrodon, really easy to find. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, it was really nice to have you here, Ben. Um, really hope, uh, yeah, we're going to be there this year again. Just from our point of view, I, I thought it was uh, really like the venue itself is a really cool place. Um, and also, uh, yeah, the vibe is really great uh, at these uh, venues. It's, it's just. Like the CrossFit spirit is really no. at, at its toes here. So, um, no, I would definitely recommend anyone to to go to that. Also, to see if you're not from from that area of Mainz or Frankfurt, also to get your asses to that area is also nice. Yeah. If you like, if you do CrossFit, if you don't know it, you never done it before, you try it. It's a very good experience to just yeah. get up the overview of what the sport is about. But it's not only about the athletes on the floor, which are their great athletes, but it's also about the people around it. And that's what makes the sport great. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for the compliments and thanks for having me and talking about the event. Um, we want to put up a group on Facebook, uh, which will be in the direction of uh, a CrossFitter's home for CrossFitter. So um, if like local CrossFitter wants to welcome uh, other crossfitters who are come from further away to have like yeah. a sleeping possibility on the couch or something like that. So look out for that on Facebook. Um, I think it gets the community really going and we want to do that. Yeah. Okay. Eggs and bacon for breakfast. Exactly. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks you guys. <laughs>